Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Caps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yes, very well, thank you. The Paul Ward era at Derby began with a good win at Cambridge last weekend, so HMS Piss the League is back on the right track. Glad to hear. And also, last but certainly not least, is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well, although I have a feeling it might not be. Yeah, it's obviously been a, a tough week for Spurs. Um, you know, that defeat at Arsenal was uh, very difficult to take. And then, of course, we had that nil-nil draw with Frankfurt. It's, uh, and, and then performances haven't been the best either. So, um, yeah, um, I, I'm doing OK, but unfortunately, I'm a, I'm a Spurs fan. So, um, yeah, not, not great. As long as you're OK, that's the main thing. The football we can put to one side. But, obviously, we're going to talk about football in the next 45 minutes or so. That's all the intros out of the way. So, let's get down to business. And, of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And, from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the Odds On podcast hashtag. And, who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's go to Molyneux, as the managerial axe has now swung on the shoulders of Bruno Large. Now, James, with Wolves now in the relegation zone, could early favourite Julien Lopetegui be the man to get them out of it? Well, he's 1-5 to five to get the job at the time of recording, so one would suggest that there's something to that link, and he's a manager with plenty of pedigree. People may remember him from his amicable exit as Spain manager just days before his side's opening World Cup game in 2018, after, of course, he was announced to be taken over as Real Madrid manager after the tournament. But that story tells you he's got a decent record behind him. He hasn't started well at Sevilla this season, though, so it seems as though a change of scenery would be good for him. And Wolves, he's got a talented side that perhaps needs the handbrake taken off them, and he could be the man to do that, I think. Well, Jamie, we should probably give ourselves a little pat on the back, I feel, because we did highlight on last week's show that Bruno Large could be the next man to go. However, we should also need to look ahead because when you consider the makeup of the Wolves squads, this might sound a bit silly, but do they have to bring in a Portuguese coach? Well, look, you obviously consider they're starting 11 on the weekend. Eight of the 11 players were all Portuguese um, in that defeat against West Ham. So, you know, you maybe could lean towards that way. Um, I think we'll also see uh, a Mendes client come in as well. So kind of looking at that list, I think Sergio Contensao, who um, is, is certainly one that stands up, obviously Portuguese. Um, he's you know currently at Porto. He's doing pretty well with them at the moment. They're third in the Portuguese league. They're second in their Champions League group. Um, which is very tight that in Group B. Um, he's been previously linked with, with Premier League jobs as well, and um, this could be maybe the right time to make it. Obviously, we have got that clear favourite in Lopetegui, and, and that one looks like that might well happen, but I think this one at 20-1 to 1 is, is certainly an interesting shout. I think Ruben Amaron as well, obviously, we, we, as a Spurs fan, I know him very well, given the fact that um, he beat my, my, my Spurs team. Um, and he's doing a great job at sporting. He's obviously nine to nine to one as well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Constant Sauer um, uh, at Porto is, is an interesting shout, especially at twenty to one. Well, James, if this is to be the case, then the likes of Pedro Martins and Ruben Amarim, as Jamie's just mentioned, could offer more in the way of value. Because sometimes the early paysetter has a habit of not actually getting the job. So could this be the direction of travel in terms of a new Wolves manager? 
Well, it's certainly the well-beaten track of direction for Wolves, isn't it? They love a Portuguese gaffer, and it's usually a case of whoever most recently sent a posh hamper to George Mendes that gets the Wolves gig. But prices in the market suggest that it is Lopetegui's to lose. And word on the street is that Ruben Abraham would cost upwards of £20 million in compensation from sporting clubs. So I can't see that particular one getting out the starting blocks. Then again, Jamie, if there is to be another Portuguese candidate in the mix, it could be someone that we know as Tottenham fans very well. That man is none other than Andre Vias Boas. You can get odds of 14 to 1 for him to return to the Premier League. Would that be of interest to you? Yeah, I think given maybe his lack of success in the Premier League, I think this is probably one where I don't think they'll be top of their list. Um, he's maybe worth keeping an eye on, just given that Portuguese link and. Again, he has managed in the Premier League, obviously not so successfully, but um, so maybe worth keeping an eye on. But uh, I think it'll be a case of, you know, if they can't get those top targets, then he'll be one that's further down the list. So I, w- I would say this one's probably unlikely. Now, James, there could be a plot twist in all of this, and it could involve Steve Cooper, because after Forrest's recent plight, obviously they lost on Monday in quite heavy fashion, there's talk of change at the city ground. So Steve Cooper's now 1-4 to four to be the next Premier League manager to get the boot. If that happens quite quickly, could he quickly be installed over at Wolves? Yeah, I can't see this one, I'm afraid. I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see Cooper get the chop at Forest because, well, it's Forest. But I think he'd be very fortunate to land another Premier League job anytime soon. He's well regarded as a coach, of course, but his Premier League reputation isn't as gleaming as he'd like it to be at present. And from a PR perspective, it's probably not the sort of appointment that Wolves fans would get excited about. So this one will probably be a no, I think. Now, Jamie, regardless of whether Steve Cooper makes it across the Midlands. He could well be out of a job by the time next Monday comes around, that being the time that Forrest play Aston Villa. Now, there's no market yet, because obviously Cooper hasn't gone, but should it open up, could you see Rafa Benitez being top of the list and making a switch to the city ground? Well, look, if you consider some of the players they managed to bring in, I think Rafa, you'd say, is kind of the same ilk. He's, you know, he's a guy who's very well experienced in the Premier League, um, you know, and that, that seems to be what they've gone with some of their players. So, you know, maybe that might go in that direction. And of course, we have seen lots of reports kind of suggesting that Rafa is the guy that they're looking at. I think there's been some credible reports saying that as well. So that does look like one that could happen. I think Sean Dyche is maybe another interesting shout. We've obviously seen, you know, how well he did at Burnley in terms of keeping them up for so many seasons. So I think he'll be definitely one that's uh, under consideration. But I just think ultimately this one, I think it's just crazy the way that they are treating Steve Cooper. I mean, you consider, you know, the job that he's done there. I think it's he's only been in the job a year and you consider the way that he took them from bottom of the table after eight matches in the championship all the way into the Premier League. So I just think the way he's been treated is uh, has been very unfair. I think some of the recruitment to bring in 20 new players and, and not really give him very much time to, to kind of make it gel. I just think it's, I think they're being very unrealistic here. So um I'd be very disappointed to see Steve Cooper go, given given what he's done for them. Yeah, I mean, the 20-plus players was always going to add even more pressure to Steve Cooper. And I feel that when managers get a team out of the Championship, it's almost as if their efforts of the season before are instantly forgotten. It's not really a case of, well, yes, you got us to the Premier League. It's, why are you not succeeding in the Premier League? Now, obviously, some teams have shown faith in keeping managers when they've gone down, but it's very easy just to get rid of a coach around October because things aren't working out. And as you say, Jamie, you feel really sorry for Steve Cooper because he has got the team to the Premier League. He probably didn't even ask for 20 players. You know, they're not all his signings and he's kind of been left to mesh a team together in the strangest of circumstances. And time is ticking at the city ground. But let's go back to Wolves because we should focus on the football now. 
They travelled to Chelsea on Saturday. And James, if you were looking for some new interim new manager bounce from Steve Davis, not the snooker Steve Davis, you can get 13-2 to for a shock away win against the Blues. Does this tempt you at all? Well, Steve Davis will arrive at the table needing a snooker or two. It's certainly a tough opening assignment for his temporary tenureship, but this side actually have a half-decent record against Chelsea. Just one defeat in the last five against the West Londoners, and the hosts haven't been all that convincing on the Graham Potter. It took a last-minute winner from Conor Gallagher, of course, to win at Palace last week. And while I do think they'll squeeze past Wolves, I don't think it'll be all that pretty. The last three meetings have been draws, which tells you how closely matched they've been. But with Wolves in the shape they're in, I think it'll be a closely fought home win. So a Chelsea success by one goal is my tip here at 13-5. to Well, Jamie, if we look at Chelsea, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang opened his account for the club last weekend at Crystal Palace. Would you fancy him to score any time on Saturday, odds of 7-5? to five? Yeah, well, look, we, we mentioned it last week with Chelsea in terms of just about getting the win against Crystal Palace. Obviously, I, I mentioned to win by one, one goal, and, and that's exactly what happened. And, uh, you know, in the case of Chelsea, I'm just not kind of convinced about them at the moment in terms of front, in front of goal. Um, you know, I just don't think they've got a real consistent supplier of goals. Um, and I think for most part of this season, I think what we're going to see is, is Chelsea struggling to get them goals. Um, I, th- I think kind of for the, for the most part, it's probably a market that I'd be looking to avoid for Chelsea just because I, I look at that team and I, I really don't know who's going to get their goals. I think if you were to maybe pick pick one option here, it would be a Bamiyang. But as I said, it's, it's, it's very difficult to kind of know at the moment with, with, Chelsea, with Chelsea who's going to get that goal. But um, again, they're playing the Wolves side as well, who, although they have struggled, they are still pretty good defensively and I do think they will have the ability to frustrate Chelsea on the weekend. So this is a, this is a very difficult market to, to pick from. But uh, I think you're right. If, if, I was to, if I was really pushed to go for one, it probably would be a Bamiyan. OK, in terms of Wolves, James, the easy bet, as we've referenced before, is under 2.5 goals in total. They're the kings of that. But with a new manager, even in an interim basis, things could change. So could the shackles be removed by Saturday? Would over 2.5 at odds of 4-5 to five, interest you? Yeah, I suppose the school of thought is that Steve Davis will want to show a different side to this Wolves outfit because you look at this team and there's no doubt in the quality there. But as you say, the defensive football they play just doesn't bring the best out of the likes of Pedro Neto, Gonzalo Guedes and one or two others. But yeah, I'll be sticking to what I know in this one. Chelsea don't tend to blow teams away. So I actually think four to five from the 2.5 looks a decent bit of value here. Well, Jamie, the interim boss could well try and keep things tight. You know, that's the MO for Wolves at the moment. So why go mad, especially away from home? So you can get, I think, about the same price, four to five, maybe evens with some bookmakers for under 2.5. So would that take your fancy at all? Absolutely. I I think, as I mentioned, I just think Chelsea's kind of lack of a consistent goal threat, you know, a genuine kind of creative spark in that team. So I think for the most part this season, we will see Chelsea in these games kind of really struggling to blow teams away and, and really get that goal. Um, you know, equally, as I mentioned as well, you know, you look at Wolves, they've conceded just nine goals in eight matches, which isn't too bad for a, for a team which is struggling. And we know that Wolves, you know, can produce a, a good defensive performance. So I think this will be the case here where, you know, Wolves do have that ability to kind of frustrate Chelsea. We might also see a bit of a, obviously, a new manager bounce or kind of some sort of reaction to a managerial change here. And I think that might be the case. I do. Th- having said that, again, I do think Chelsea will have just about enough to get over the line. We see. So I think we'll see a kind of the match play out in a similar way to which we did uh, with with Crystal Palace. Um, obviously, just about getting that win on the weekend. Um, so I think they will eventually get the win, but it will be a low scoring one. So under two point five goals, definitely the way here. Okay, that's the consensus there. This time though, we're going to go 
Bet building once more, with Brighton playing host to Tottenham on Saturday evening. We're going to look to construct another winner. Now, before we start, apologies to you chaps, because my pick failed. And, agonisingly, we were one yellow card from winning that massive 18-1 to bet builder that we mentioned last week. So, after watching Spurs lose earlier in the day, as a glutton for punishment, I checked the West Ham Wolves score for all Skamaka, all under 2.5, all three bookings. I thought, actually, I'm going to watch the last 10 minutes. Jinxed it. What happened? Yellow cards. Ah! So that's tipped me over the edge for that weekend. But we go again. Let's go again, chat. So, James, as always, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you, please. Well, I was fully prepared to give Harry Kane a miss this weekend in preparation for skinny odds. But he's 7-4 to four to bag any time, which I think is generous against the side that conceded three last time out. So, Captain Kane gets my vote once again. Fantastic. And, Jamie, as always, I'd like the over-under on the goals, please. Yeah, I'm going to go for a low-scoring one here. I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals. Um, I think we've seen Spurs really struggle in front of goal recently, obviously, um, against Frankfurt. The the attack just looked kind of really toothless, dysfunctional at times, and, and kind of that front three of, of Son, Richarlison and Kane just doesn't seem to work. Kulusevski is a massive miss for Spurs. So, um, again, uh, also, I think defensively from Spurs, it was a much-improved performance against Frankfurt. So, I think they've got the ability to, to also keep Brighton to low scoring. So, um, yeah, I think this will be a case of a low scoring match. So I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals. OK, I'm going to loop back to my old friend, the corners. Although this time I'm going to focus on one team in particular, that being the home team, Brighton. I'm going to go for just over four corners. So anything more than five or five or more will do just fine. And now we're just going to recap our three picks. OK, just to recap then, we've got James's Harry Kane to score any time. We've got Jamie's under 2.5 total goals. We've got my over four corners for Brighton. When you combine those three picks, odds of 12 to 1. So £10 on the betting slip, £130 could be coming your way. I really hope it does for us. I hope it does for you. Right, let's chat about the game itself now, James, because not many people would have had this clash pegged as fourth, hosting third at this point of the season. Can Brighton's new boss, Roberto De Zerbi, build on his fantastic start to the Premier League after that 3-3 draw at Anfield. Well, there's certainly a glimmer or two of hope for Brighton. For sure, this will be a Spurs side that won't quite be at its sharpest, of course, after a pretty drab 0-0 draw at Antrack Frankfurt on Tuesday. And with Brighton being as good as the iron possession, Tottenham may well be spending large periods of this one without the ball. And as far as recent head-to-heads go, Brighton have won two of the last four. So they know how to beat the North Londoners. It's probably just a case of which Spurs turn up. But despite all that, I'm all over Spurs here. They're 6-4 to win, which... For a side of this quality, it looks a huge price, I think. This bet doesn't even have to win 50% of the time to be profitable in the long term. And I think Spurs do win this game more often than not. So they're getting a nod from me on this one. Now, Jamie, there's no doubt that Tottenham need to return to winning ways. And in fairness, Brighton is not the easiest place to go to. Now, can you see Antonio Conte's men bouncing back on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, interesting. I'm, I'm actually going to go against James here. And I'm going to say, I don't think I don't think we will see a kind of a reaction. I just think at the moment, Spurs' attack, as I mentioned, looking so dysfunctional, almost toothless in front of goal. I mean, there were so many opportunities created against Frankfurt. But we just saw at times at the end ball, um, kind of the, the taking of chances was just so poor. So um, system seems so reliant on Harry Kane and Chung-Min Son at the moment. And those two just look well off it. I think another problem as well is that certain players are kind of struggling to do what Conte is asking of them. And the Italian kind of, he doesn't seem to trust all these players. So it's kind of limiting who he can bring into the team. And, and that's kind of, we're seeing as well a bit fatigued because he's just kind of refusing to rotate at the moment. So I think you factor in the lack of rotation, 
obviously fatigue from Tuesday's trip to Germany. I think Saturday could be a bit ugly for Spurs. I don't think it'll be a defeat, but uh, I, I, I'm struggling to see Spurs getting the three points here. Yeah. Do you know what? I have to share your, shall we say, pessimism because Richardson's not quite working in the 3-4-3. I don't think you can play Sun, Richardson and Kane together. We're missing Kulisevsky. Maybe Basuma needs to start against his former club. That might be the perfect opportunity for him, but it's just not quite clicking. And the fear is that we've kind of overused our best 11 players already and we're showing that sign of fatigue. But I hope we're both wrong, Jamie, but I've got a nagging feeling that we won't be. Now, James, in terms of some other bets away from the bet builder, how do you think this one pans out from a both teams to score perspective? Would you combine this with a result as well? Well, Spurs being the price here, I'd argue you don't need to. And recent stats suggest it might actually be a low-scoring affair. Only two of Tottenham's last five on the road have seen both sides score, while Brighton can go one better with just two ticks in six home matches in the both-to-score department. Both sides are bagged in only three of the last seven meetings between the two as well. So I've got a feeling this might be a one or two-nil job for the visitors here. Now, Jamie, in terms of the half-time, full-time market, what do you think the ebb and flow will be at the Amex? Yeah, I'm going to go for kind of a similar outcome to what we saw at Anfield on Saturday involving Brighton. I think it'll be a Brighton half-time and I'm going to go for a draw at full-time at 14-1, to 1, which I think is obviously pretty good value. Um, I, I said, I think Spurs are going to be in for a tough afternoon here. I think Brighton, there are a side who, who can be very dangerous, especially at home. So um, I, I think it's going to be a, yeah, a long old afternoon for Spurs. But I said, having said that, I do think Spurs can get something from this. I think we'll see Brighton start quickly. And then I think we'll see Spurs maybe come out in the second half and uh, try and get that draw. And uh, I think that that's kind of going to be the outcome here. I'm going to go for a draw. Right, let's move on to our long shot Aker next. We go anywhere in the world on the hunt for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. And Jamie, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for um, the late uh, Sunday kickoff uh, between Everton and Manchester United. And I'm going to go for a draw here um, at 12-5. to 5. I think the Toffees obviously had a, a good little resurgence under Lampard recently. They're now undefeated in six league games um, and obviously been pr- quite tricky to break down recently. So um, I think United, they could be in for a tricky afternoon as well. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a draw here between Everton and Manchester United at 12-5. to 5. And remember, legally, we have to say nice things about Everton now because they won last week. So they are no longer a team in crisis. They're just fine. But James, let's move on. What's up your sleeve? Well, it's just one win in 10 for West Brom at the time of recording. And next up, they have a home clash with a Luton side that's lost just one of its last eight games. And the away win for the Hatters looks a huge price at 3-1. to one. Great shout, James. My pick takes me to the city ground as Nottingham Forest by host to Aston Villa. Forest have won any of their last five league outings and have conceded 18 goals in the process. With that in mind, Steve Cooper could really do with some fortune at the start of the week. Which means although Aston Villa are unbeaten in their last three, there's nothing really to excite me at the moment when looking at them. And I think it's the same from my betting perspective, which means I feel that Nottingham Forest are going to bounce back to victory. And therefore, I'm backing them to win on Monday at odds of 23-10. to 10. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's mop up some more Premier League matches now. And next up, we go to Sunday afternoon as Arsenal play host to Liverpool. And James, with the way the Gunners are starting this season, would you be prepared to go all in at odds of 6-4? to four? Well, to borrow another poker phrase, I'll probably check to see the lineups before committing to a lay bet on Liverpool. And even if I did hold fire, I wouldn't be in a rush to back the Gunners here. This is a Liverpool side that lost only once to Arsenal in 19 games. And it's fair to say they usually have the measure of them. Odds of 31-20 to 20 for a Liverpool win means Arsenal at 6-4 are favourites by a margin that's thinner than the lining of Jamie Brown's underpants. So the bookies 
aren't too sure on this one. And in all honesty, I'm not too sure either. But Liverpool's imperious record over Arsenal means I'm leaning towards an away win and both teams scoring at 10-3. to Now, Jamie, in terms of Liverpool, they are... <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it. Let's keep going. Let's keep rolling. So, Jamie, enough of your underpants. In terms of Liverpool, they are already 11 points behind Arsenal, albeit with a game in hand. They cannot afford to lose this encounter, which means odds of 31-20... to might just be enough to tempt punters in backing the away win. Does it tempt you? Um, yeah, I think for this one, obviously you consider, you know, Jason mentioned there about Liverpool's good head-to-head record with um, with Arsenal. Um, you know, you consider they've won all of their last three last visits to the Emirates, so they've got a good record there. You know, you consider just their normal head-to-head. Um, uh, the Reds have won five out of the last seven meetings with Arsenal, so you can consider that. I think Liverpool certainly got a chance here, but look, this is a very different Liverpool team, and of course, a very different Arsenal team as well. So, you know, I'm not sure you'd particularly go on the head-to-head record, but if you do consider that, I, I quite like the look of a draw here. Um, so, uh, I think 13 to five. I think the draw is is probably the way to go, in, in my opinion. Bad news for Liverpool fans if that's the case, because I feel they have to win at the weekend. I know that title chase has probably eluded them. But if they lose this one, there might even be a question mark over a top four finish. But, James, when you look at Arsenal this season, they've certainly been quick out the blocks in terms of matches, in terms of going in front. With this in mind, would you make use of 10 to 11 for the Gunners to score in the first half? It might be the wrong side of even money to really tempt me, but Liverpool have also conceded in the first half of two of the last three Premier League games. So there's a bit of weight to that argument from the opponent's side of things, too. For Arsenal, though, it's first half goals in just two of the last four, which shows why I'm a bit reluctant to pull the trigger on this one. But with that said, there's much worse bets out there this weekend. Well, Jamie, Mo Salah is certainly due a goal at the weekend, scored in the Champions League in midweek, but he's only scored twice in the Premier League this season. How do odds of 7-4 in any time market take your fancy? Well, yeah, I mean, you say there he's, he is due a goal, but it just doesn't look like scoring at the moment. Obviously, he did get that penalty goal uh, against Rangers, but again, it's you know, it was a chance in the penalty spot. So, I think from open play, it's, it's difficult to see him scoring at the moment. So, yeah, again, I think in general from Liverpool, it's kind of difficult to really pick out a, a goal scorer here. You know, there doesn't seem to be too many standouts with this team. I think... You know, if I was to really be pushed for one, I think one that I'd look to go for, I think it's a quite a big shout as well, would be for Diogo Jota. I mean, obviously we saw him start against Rangers. He's kind of building his way back into the team, obviously after a period of injury. He's got, he himself has actually got a good record against Arsenal. He's got seven goals um, for the Reds against the Gunners, um, and he's eleven to five to score any time. So um, yeah, I think that's definitely an interesting shout. But uh, I think given his his, his record against um, Arsenal, I think it's a, a fairly good one. Let's go to the Etihad next as Manchester City co-host to Southampton on Saturday. And James, it is Erling Haaland at home and 6-1 to to score another hat-trick. Surely the Etihad run can't continue, or can it? I think out of sheer principle, I'll refuse to back Haaland at 6-1 to to score a hat-trick. It doesn't matter how good he is, that's just a completely ridiculous price. And just shows that the bookies are running scared a little bit. You've got to fancy him score at least a couple of goals here, though. He comes up... Against the Southampton side, there's lost four of his last five and just doesn't appear to be going anywhere, really. And I can't see them offering much resistance to what is an irresistible City forward line. Haaland is 4-11 to to score any time, which, hey, won't get anyone too excited, but it looks a pretty safe 4-11 to bet to me. Now, Jamie, there's no doubt that Manchester City took their foot off the gas after destroying Manchester United last Sunday. Now, there's no value in the win on Saturday against Southampton. Could you argue that there's not a great deal of value in the win to nil market or to five to six? Well, look, as you mentioned there, I think United obviously scored that one goal from Anthony. Obviously, a moment of brilliance. I don't think many teams would have been able to stop that. 
And as you said, you know, City kind of took their foot off the gas towards the end. So, you know, that's kind of why we saw United um, get three goals in the end. You know, on the weekend, they do face a pretty poor Southampton side. They've lost five of their first eight matches in the league. You know, they've only managed to score eight goals as well. Um, so I, I, probably not at this price. I would I'd be looking to back it. I think for me, better value would be Man City to win and over 4.5 goals at, at 31 to, to 20. I just think at the moment, I just think City have got so many goals in them. I do think this will be a, a very high scoring contest. It's, it's tricky to kind of back Man City to, to get a clean sheet at the moment. Just as you said, I think they've you know we've seen a number of times at home when they have kind of conceded that um, goal when maybe they have taken their foot off the gas. So um, that might be the case here. So maybe a win to nil is, is one I would look to avoid, especially at that price. Now, James, you have to go over 4.5 goals for the first price, which is more than evens in that market. I had it down at 13 to 8 for at least five total goals at the Etihad. Are you adding this to any weekend betting slips? Well, I guess the concern from my end is that City play in the Champions League on Wednesday and with Southampton struggling, they're likely to camp in their own half and look to cling on from minute one. If that strategy yields some results in the form of a long wait for a City opener, then that bet could come a cropper. But on the flip side, if they score early, it could easily be another 9-0 job for Southampton. City should make light work of Copenhagen in midweek, so I can't see them being too tired for the weekend and that means we should be in for plenty of goals. And Jamie, when it comes to other Man City players who could find the net and are not named Erling Haaland, who is standing out of the crowd before the weekend? Mm, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's going to have to be Phil Foden. I think, um, you know, kind of the form that he's in at the moment, he's up to six goals this season now. Um, obviously, scored in his last two matches. And, you know, he's kind of a player now that, that seems really undroppable. I mean, you, you look, at there is a couple of players in that team that do look undroppable, like Sir Chancello, De Bruyne and Haaland. And, um, I mean, he looks like he's, he's kind of in that bracket now. So, um, I think 7-4 to four for him to score any time is, is, is a fairly good shout, especially considering the form that he's in at the moment. Now, we're off to Selhurst Park next as Crystal Palace play host to Leeds. And James, the Eagles are 7-1 to one to get relegated at the end of the season. After their struggles at the beginning of the campaign, is this price now becoming more appealing to you? No, I think they'll be OK. They have had some tricky fixtures in recent weeks and they've been unfortunate in one or two games not to get some extra points here and there. They now come into a period where they have very favourable fixtures between now and the World Cup. So I actually think they'll pick up a decent run of form. Wilfred Zaha is back fit now too. So, yeah, I've got no concerns for them as far as relegation is concerned. Well, Jamie, by the same token, Leeds are only 4-1 to one in the same relegation market. Does that sound right to you or have the bookmakers got this price wrong? Yeah, well, look at the moment. I, I don't think Leeds are in too much trouble in terms of you know rele getting relegation or certainly being considered as one. I think their form has gone a bit south recently. Obviously, we've seen them pick up two defeats, two draws in the last four matches. So it's not been great recently. Um, but I think I think there will be three teams that will be worse off than than them this season. I think as well, Ellen Road. I just think that that's going to be a big factor in why I think they will stay up this season. Um, obviously, we you know we have seen them play much better at home. Obviously, we know how difficult a place it can be to go to, Ellen Road. So um, I think that that will be a big factor in why they will stay up. And uh, as I said, I do think there will be three teams worse off than them this season. So um, I think Leeds will stay up. OK, as for the game itself, it's no winning four for Palace. Two points from the last 12 on offer and at 11 to 10 to come out on top at Selhurst Park. James, is this the fixture where they finally return to winning ways? I think it is, yeah. Leeds are in a bit of a rut at the moment. They followed up that 5-2 hammering from Brentford with 
pretty attritional draw at home to Villa last Sunday. They didn't really offer much from an attacking perspective, and that isn't the form you want against an often robust Palace defence. And I think the Eagles will be too strong here. It's 16 years since the Yorkshireman recorded a win at Selhurst Park, and I think that weight will be extended here. The Palace home win at 11-10 looks good value to me. Then again, Jamie, Leeds have got identical form before Sunday, and this means the two sides may cancel each other out. With that in mind, how does the draw at odds of 5-2 to two sound to you? Yeah, do you know what? I'm going to go with James here, and I do think it will actually be a Palace win. Um, I think they do seem to be dual win at the moment, and I think, obviously, you consider the games at Selhurst Park. I think that will be a big factor. Um, you know, Leeds, they have been pretty poor away from home this season. They're yet to win, um, and they've lost two of their three matches away from home. So I think that the outcome here will be a Palace win. And um, I, I think, you know, James is right as well. I think they have, they've had a tricky run of um, fixtures to start the season. So I think you consider some of the big teams they have played, Man City, um, obviously Chelsea, Arsenal as well. So they've had they've had some tricky fixtures, so that might be kind of the reason behind their slow start. But um, again, they do have some nice fixtures coming up. So um, yeah, I think they'll be all right over the next couple of weeks. And uh, I think they'll get back on track with a win here against Leeds. Right, before we move on, I'd like a correct score from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world, I just want that outcome spot on. So Jamie, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go to Italy for my pick and I'm going to go for the big game between AC Milan and Juventus. I'm actually going to go for a high scoring one for, for this clash. I'm going to go for 3-1 uh, to AC Milan. You can get that at 16-1, to which is obviously a, a nice price. Uh, Milan going to this one. They're fifth in the table. Juventus seventh. Um, but I think given the fact that this game's at the San Siro, you consider the fact that AC Milan obviously have made a good start to the season. Juve, they did get back to winning ways on the weekend, but uh, I think AC Milan at the San Siro will be too strong for Juve. And uh, I'm going to go for a Milan win over Juve here at 3-1 at 16-1. Uh, to 1. It's a big shout, and if that one unfolds, it might mean the end of Max Allegri at Juventus. But James, what have you got in terms of a correct score this weekend? Yeah, I'm off to the Etihad and I think Southampton are going to get a hammering here. Man City playing so well in front of goal. So I'm going to go for a 6-0 City win at 25-1. to Blimey, that is a big pick. But, of course, check out freebets.com for the best insights and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's a few more Premier League headlines to mop up. But before we do, we're going to take a trip to some Thursday night European football. First up, we go to Belgium as Anderlecht play host to West Ham. And James, what is a good value bet before kick-off? Well, this one sees the top two in the group face off, but Anderlecht haven't blown me away. They drew 0-0 with Stoya Bucharest last time out and also needed a late winner from Wolves' only Fabio Silva to squeeze past Silkeborg. And West Ham, of course, two wins from two. And I think they should have way, way too much for their Belgian counterparts here. And even money for the away win is at the top of my Thursday night accumulator. Lovely stuff. And Jamie, Manchester United will be looking to lick their wounds after a Derby Day mauling. They off to sunny Cyprus to face Neil Lennon's Ammonia Nicosia. What value bets have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, I'm going to go for Cristiano Ronaldo in this one and I'm going to go for him to score two or more here uh, at five to two. I think obviously he's going to be back in the team for this one. He's obviously going to be desperate to kind of get back on the score sheet. So I'm going to back him to score two or more at uh, five to two. And now we're going to focus on these two sides in the Premier League. James, West Ham play host to Fulham. Will European action hamper their chances of winning back-to-back -back matches in the top flight? How do you see this one from a betting point of view? Yeah, I think West Ham are good news here too. Fulham's heavy defeat to Newcastle will certainly have raised some eyebrows, but they went down to 10 men early on and the game was pretty much over from that point. But West Ham's season had lift off last Saturday with that win over Wolves and I think the clean sheet in particular will have done them the world of goods. Alexander Mitrovic 
for Fulham as well. He came off of an injury last week. So if he misses out here, then I'm putting all my eggs in the West Ham basket. But I think the Hammers will win anyway. And four to five isn't the worst price in the world either. Well, Jamie, as I mentioned earlier, we made a deal with Everton fans after their win over Southampton. Now, you mentioned Everton earlier, so I think you've stolen my thunder a little bit. But I guess the answer is you do expect them to extend their run in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, obviously, my long shot, I did back a draw here. And um, I, I think it's been an impressive turnaround recently for, for Lampard over the last few weeks. I mean, you, I, I think they have enough to be able to frustrate United on the weekend. I mean, you especially consider, you know, the United team that are obviously going away in Europe this week. I think they've still got a lot to prove under Eric Ten Hag, obviously. You know, they did have those four wins in a row, which was ended um, on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Everton can get something from this game, again, especially at Goodison Park as well. So um, that's why I'm going to back a draw in this one. Right, where have we not been in the Premier League? Let's go to the Vitality Stadium next as Bournemouth play host to Leicester. James, the Cherries are still unbeaten under interim boss Gary O'Neill. Will the run continue at the weekend? I'm inclined to think it won't, unfortunately. Leicester were impressive in their 4-0 win over Forest on Monday and that performance had been coming. They did well at Spurs the week before and I think we're going to see a decent patch of form from the Foxes. The likes of James Madison and Harvey Barnes have hit form. Jamie Vardy will always be a danger and they're better than evens to win this one. I can't see Bournemouth keeping Leicester out so it's just a case of whether Leicester can keep their back double short. The Cherries haven't scored in the last two at home so I'm going to stick my neck out a bit and go for the away win to nil at 3-1. to one. Well, James, you've just stolen Jamie's next question. So, James has backed it. Jamie, you can also get this at 11-4, to 4, that being a Leicester win to nil on the South Coast. Are you having it as well? Do you know what? I think I would as well, because I think if you're given the fact that, you know, Bournemouth, they failed to score, they failed to score in the last three home matches. Um, I think you'd have to say a, a clean sheet is definitely possible here. Um, I, I do think as well, you consider that unbeaten run under Gary O'Neill. It's obviously been very impressive, but... You look at that performance from Leicester on Monday evening, you'd have to say that they can definitely kind of come here and get a result. I mean, Bournemouth, although they, you know, although they have been picking up some impressive results, I mean, you maybe say they have been a bit fortunate against Brentford and Newcastle in their last two. So um, I think, you know, James mentioned all those dangerous players that Leicester do have on show there. I think Madison as well, he's just kind of look at, really putting in a, a strong case as to why he should be going to the World Cup. You know, Harvey Barnes is another player I really like. So, um, yeah, I, I think Leicester will have just about enough here to get the job done. And, and Leicester, I mean, interestingly, they've got a nice run up until the World Cup as well. So um, it'll be interesting to see kind of how Brendan Rodgers is able to try and turn it around. But uh, I think this is a fairly nice fixture for the Foxes. And uh, I do think they can get the win to nil here. I didn't realise I didn't look at his next question. So <laughs> sorry about that. That's all right, mate. We keep rolling because next up we go to St James's Park as Newcastle play host to Brentford. And after playing down the Magpies' chances on last week's show, James, would you like to talk up theirs before Saturday? Yeah, I certainly would. This is the Newcastle side that don't tend to lose too often at St James's Park. In fact, only Liverpool have beaten them on home soil in the whole of 2022. And Brentford are a funny one. You'd think they would kick on after that 5-2 battering of Leeds a fortnight or so ago, but they haven't scored a goal since then. So all the signs point towards a home win and it gets my votes here at odds of 5-6. Now, Jamie, Miguel Almiron has already scored three goals in the Premier League this season, one short of his best for a whole campaign. So would you back him at odds of 4-1 to one to score any time this weekend? Mm. I mean, last week obviously made the big thing about Newcastle's team news in terms of missing the likes of Alex and Maximin, of course, Alexander uh, Isaac. 
Um, so we were kind of questioning where the goals were going to come from. But look, Almirani certainly stepped up big time for them on the weekend against Fulham, obviously getting that brace. So I think at four to one, you'd have to say for him to do it again or, or certainly get on the score sheet again. I think that that's a pretty nice price. So um, do you know what? I probably would go along with this one. Yeah, I think I owe an apology to Newcastle fans because I backed Fulham quite heavily on this show last week. Got that one really wrong. Egg all over my face because we looked at the team news and thought, yeah, do you know what? Fulham, home banker. The credit account was wiped after that performance. So I'm sorry, Newcastle fans. I hope we can still be friends because now we move on to Monday Night Football. We mentioned Nottingham Forest, or I did it anyway. And as I said earlier, they've conceded 18 goals in just five league outings. So James, with this in mind, what is the over-under on Monday? Well, they come up against a Villa side that couldn't score against 10-man leads last weekend. So it's hard to make a great case for Steven Gerrard's men on the win point of view. But this is a huge game for both sides. Forrest need a win and Steve Cooper could desperately do one to buy himself some time. Well, the pressure remains on Gerrard. He spent a lot of money on this Villa team and they don't look all that inspiring at present. So under 2.5 goals has got to get the vote here. But I'm going to go for the draw at 5-2. to two. OK, Jamie, I've already backed Forrest to win. James has gone for the draw. What's your opinion on Monday? Yeah, look, I'm I actually going to go along with you and, and, and say it will be a Forest win here. Um, I think this seems like kind of the perfect fixture for them. You know, a Monday night game, obviously under the lights at the City ground, playing against a team of one just twice this season from eight. So, um, you know, as much as I, I, I don't really fancy Forest's chances of staying up this season... I think this is a great fixture for them. I think, I think the city ground, as I said, is going to be a fairly tough place to go at times this season. And uh, I think this will be the case uh, on Monday evening. I watched that Aston Villa game against Leeds and, and Villa were just so kind of lacklustre in front of goal. I mean, to, uh, James mentioned there that, you know, even Leeds going down to 10 men just look really poor, Aston Villa. So um, as much as I don't particularly rate this Forest team, I do think they'll, they're a great fixture for them and I think they'll get the win here. So... Uh, Forest win at 23 to 10 is, is probably my pick here. Top shout. And I feel that after the Manchester derby on Sunday, whoever followed that was always going to be in trouble in terms of entertainment factor. The fact it was nil-nil at Ellen Road was, you know, he had nine goals earlier in the day. Now he got none. So I feel just because after watching that, I just don't see where Aston Villa are going to offer enough to get the better of a Forest. I feel Jamie's made some excellent points. The Monday night, the floodlights, the needing of a win. I feel all that alchemy is going to help Forest this start of the week. But let's take a very quick trip across the continent now. First up, there is the lesser of the Madrid derbies. It's Getafe versus Real. Now, James, Carlo Ancelotti's men were held at home to Osasuna last weekend. It's 9-20 to to return to winning ways, something that gets you excited. The uh, short answer is no, but I think they will beat this Getafe side who have only beaten Real once in the last decade. The host coming to this on the back of a home defeat to Fellow struggles Real via the lead, so that tells you where they are in the Spanish food chain. Real should have an easy night in the Champions League against Shakhtar on Wednesday, so that shouldn't hamper their preparations for the weekend too much. And yeah, I think one to two is a decent enough price to stick in an accumulator. Well, Jamie, you're off to the San Siro as AC Milan play host to Juventus. Now, I think you've given the answer away on this one just a moment ago. I was going to ask you about under 2.5 goals when you consider their defence, especially the Turin outfit. They've only conceded five goals, but... You've got feeling more goals are on the horizon. Mm. Yeah, well, obviously, very interesting to kind of see how many goals, you know, or certainly defensively, how good both these teams have been. As you say, only five goals conceded for Juve. In, in the case of Milan, it's, it's nine. But then you obviously look at the other end of the pitch and, uh, you know, Milan, they've actually scored 16 goals this season. For Juve, it's, it's 12. So um, both teams are kind of full of goals. And, and that's kind of how I, I feel this game will play out. Um, obviously, I've gone for, for a, a 3-1 win for Milan here. Um, and, and again, we've actually seen 
Um, five of Milan's last six um, matches in the league, they've all been two, over 2.5 goals. And uh, that's kind of why I'm going to go for that 3-1 win for, for Milan here. OK, where should we go next? Let's go over the English Channel as we go to League 1. Now, James, host Montpellier has scored in each of their last nine league outings and visitors Monaco have done the same in their last 19. Are we backing at least a goal each on Sunday? Yeah, I always like Monaco for a goal or two and down the years have tended to be a reliable side when it comes to picking up a win as well. But to add even more weight to the both score argument, this bet has been a winner in seven of the last eight meetings between the two. Over 3.5 goals as well has been a success in five of those. So fate to 13 doesn't take your fancy for both to score. Maybe six to five for over 3.5 will. Let's hope it's not Monte Carlo or bust on Sunday. And finally, Jamie, it's De Classica in the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich finally returned to winning ways last weekend and overtook Dortmund into third in the process. What bets take your fancy in this one? Yeah, well, obviously, like with the Milan-Juve game, I can see this being a high-scoring match as well. We've seen Bayern score an incredible 23 goals in the league so far. Um, Borussia Dortmund, they've, they've scored 11 and conceded 10. So I think both teams you know, can produce a lot of goals here. Um, obviously, been a, a somewhat tricky start for Bayern this season. A um, little bit of pressure. Julian Nagel's come under recently. Um, but I think with the game being at Dortmund... Um, I'm, I'm going to go for a draw here. I think that's the way it will play out. And I'm going to go for a draw and both teams to score here. Um, you can get that at 4-1. to one. That's an interesting shout, that. And it could mean good news for the rest of the Bundesliga because, obviously, the more points that Bayern drop, everyone else celebrates. But let's move on because we've got a final bit of business to carry out. And that is our odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, combine it into an acre. Let's try and go for bets over 1-2, to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. I'm going to go first this week. I'm going to go to the Bundesliga and it's the Klassica, as I've just mentioned, as Borussia Dortmund host Bayern Munich in one of the biggest clashes of the season. Now, James has gone for a draw, but I'm going to go something different. Bayern have seemingly got their wobble out of the way. Four goals passed by Leverkusen last weekend, five in the Champions League on Tuesday, and Dortmund also lost their last league outing, which means I'm going to go for the away win at odds of 8-13. to 13. With that in mind, James, what have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for Spurs this weekend. I think they're overpriced at 6-4 to four to beat a Brighton side that are overachieving. And let's face it, they'll probably do a defeat. So Tottenham, I'm a pick here. Fantastic. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yep, I'm going to go to Spain for my pick and I'm going to go for Real Madrid to beat Getafe at 1-2. to two. You know, you consider obviously Real Madrid, they obviously did have that tricky one-all draw with Osasuna um, on the weekend, but I do think they'll get back to winning ways here. Obviously, you know, going to this one second in La Liga, Getafe, they're 14th in the league. So, um, yeah, I'm going to back a Real Madrid win here over Getafe at 1-2. Uh, to two. Some big picks there. That means a very juicy treble. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. It indeed. Cheers, Dan. And James, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Thanks, Dan. All good. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. Thank you.